Welcome to Gleaming the Tube, the podcast where Kevin and Mike watch a film in which somebody rides a skateboard at some point. Finally, a podcast where people talk about movies. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kevin. Normally, I do like a, a little intro about the background of a movie and everything. I'm, I'm not doing that this week. We are talking about Pee-wee Herman, we're talking about two films. We're talking about uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and we're talking about Pee-wee's Big Holiday. And um, there is uh, skateboarding in both of them. In Big Holiday, the Pee-wee Herman character rides a skateboard, and in Big Adventure, uh, we'll, we'll get into that as well. But I thought it would be good to discuss both. I knew he rode the skateboard in Big Holiday because I saw the clip. Um, but I do not want to pass up an opportunity to discuss Pee-wee's Big Adventure ever. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like there is there is skateboard there. Pee-wee Herman is on a skateboard in the big holiday, but we got I there's no way we could talk about the big holiday without basically just going into Pee-wee's Big Adventure. The greatest film in the history of filmmaking. Uh, is is I'm prepared to say that Pee Wee's Big Adventure is that film. Really, that's a I love Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and I think it is nearly flawless. And I would give it like ten out of ten. And I think it's one of the best movies of the '80s. But I'm like, you're going further than me, and I want to hear why. Well, I, I, you know, it it has to do with nostalgia. I think nostalgia, you know, is isn't the greatest thing, but I think there's certainly a place for it. And I'm usually pretty on my guard about about, you know, regarding things that I just remember fondly from my childhood in, in you know, in, in a way where I, I, you know, that I allow that to color my opinion about it. But I will say that it was it was for me experiencing Pee Wee's Big Adventure for the first time was one, one of those rare circumstances, I think, when you're a little kid where it's exactly the right thing at exactly the right time at exactly the right age. And I just when I went, I went to see the movie. My father, bless him, was like, all right, I'll take you to see this movie. I was, I was already aware of Pee Wee. I had seen the, the, the live production of The Playhouse on HBO. I, I watched that this week, too, during I went on a little Pee Wee binge. And I watched that this week too. And yeah, so I was already aware of that. And even you know, I was kind of young. A lot of the stuff in the in the stage show went over my head. But of course, I love Pee Wee Herman. And when I I remember seeing the the preview, uh, you know, at another movie and thinking, you know, well, this is going to be great. And then I, you know, I went to see it. And and like I said, I was just I was like, tw- I think I was eleven years old. And I saw that movie in the theater and it was I walked out feeling as though that movie was was made directly for me. Very similar to the feeling that I had the first time I heard Weird Al Yankovic. Very similar to the feeling that I had the first time I stepped on a skateboard. There are these sort of like or the you know, the first time I heard the Dead Kennedys and I thought, whoa, okay, well, this is. This is something, you know, that I that 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 that's you know, it's channeling right into what I'm looking for at this point. It's like vibrating on the same frequency that I am. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, I, I, I think I've covered this before. I, as a kid, I loved any evidence of adults acting silly. And I loved the idea of, you know, like sort of like, I couldn't have, you know, expressed it this way as a kid, but that idea of sort of like, you know, fantastical reality and like a living cartoon and watching that again, I just like the whole opening sequence with the, with the with the Rube Goldberg breakfast machine and the and the Mr. T cereal to me the idea that it was Mr. T cereal I I remember loving the fact that it was like couched in like in like current popular culture but also sort of like framed in Pee-wee's you know Paul Rubens himself had a huge collection of of like 60s toys and stuff and I just it was just it like I said it was just it, it in my mind it could not have been in any more perfect and Every time I've gone back to that movie over the dozens and dozens of times I've watched it, it's never failed to make the same impact on me. For my 12th birthday party, I had a sleepover and we I was eight. We we reserved Pee-wee's Big Adventure. We found out it was coming out on VHS and I went up the street to Lesco Video in Woodstock, Rhode Island and rented Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And I think we watched it like four times over the course of, you know, when you're a little kid and you have a sleepover, you, you stay up all night long. <clears throat> I think we, we, we paused the large Marge uh, <laughs> moment of like a dozen times. It was just, it was, it, it was a, at just as good the second time and then the third time and then the 12th time. And then I watched it again uh, today just to sort of re you know, just to bring myself back up to speed. And it got, it just the charm of the movie gets me every single time and i love it um and i think some of that stuff that you love when you're a kid you go back to it and you're like oh this hasn't aged well right or you know th- there's stuff in here that i'm uncomfortable with honestly Wee's big adventure there is none of that when i'm watching it there are no like little landmine moments where you're like oh i wish that wasn't in there it's just a joy from start to finish a- absolutely yeah yeah I watched it last night uh, to prep for this and I watched it with my kids and I, like the biker scene with tequila, like absolutely slayed them. Yes. I, I remember again in the theater watching that just being like, well, I'm going to clearly be doing this dance every chance. I, in fact, I remember my father brought me home uh, a, like a compilation of like sixties rock music that he found at like a gas station or something like that expressly because it had tequila on it. And I wanted to do the Pee Wee Herman dance, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it it really, and you're right. Like you, it, you know, I think a lot of times the stuff from our childhood doesn't hold up because they're children's movies. And there's a lot of like broad brushstrokes you can do in a children's movie. I think a really good example, and I I wonder I wonder if people have the same reaction to this. My I remember a few years ago, uh, Never Ending Story came on, and I remember, you know, it it was interesting that what I what I ended up watching as an adult was what if 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 I had memories of the movie, they were all these sort of like sort of um it's that lamal song you're just like oh <laughs> right well to me it was like it, it in remembering it it was like all these disconnected scenes the scene where the horse sinks into the nothing the scene where the the you know the 
he takes the bite of the apple and continues reading the book or he gets thrown in the dumpster. And then I watched the movie and it was a disconnected series of scenes that didn't seem they they didn't seem very well hung together to me. And I think that's because maybe, you know, when you're that's a that's just one example of things that I think maybe you can kind of you don't need to, to to tie everything together in a children's movie. No, and even Pee Wee's Big Adventure is a lot of it is a series of kind of like five to seven minute sequences. Right. Um, and I think part of that is because uh, it was written by Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman, who had come out of like sketch comedy with the Groundlings. And but it all sort of focuses it all goes back to this like bike narrative right well and it all and and every scene transitions beautifully into the scene before it you know it's it's and you're and you're right it's all these different types of bicycle it's it's all these little vignettes about bicycles but then you they are all strung together with a narrative and it just man it just gets me every time i i'm like gl- i'm glowing because i had read an interview where paul rubin said that oh phil hartman and i didn't know how to write a screenplay so we bought a book called how to write a screenplay and we followed the instructions of that book to the letter so it's like okay it needs to be 90 pages and the inciting incident happens on page 20 and then this happened and so it's i i guess it it is very sort of like prescribed in terms of the screenplay but through that through those parameters, they have like the wackiest fucking stuff happening. It's so good. It's fantastic. And and yeah, every single character, you know, it's it's, it's almost like every character. I'm a very big fan in movies when even the smallest characters seem really fleshed out. And, you know, like, it's like Chuck, the owner of Chuck's Bikerama, is a totally, he's a fully formed character. And I really like that about the movie. Everybody, everybody who gets on screen, you know, the guy who lives next door to Pee Wee, who's, you know, he says, I'm going to water my lawn now. That guy is only on screen for like three seconds, but you, he's a fully fleshed out character. You know everything there is to know about that guy. Do you have something to say, Amazing Larry? <laughs> oh, God. Is this something you could share with the rest of us, Amazing Larry? Yeah, I don't even think Amazing Larry has a line, and yet I I I fully know I know Amazing Larry's entire story. <laughs> One of the reasons this movie is so good is because you've got a bunch of people who are insanely talented doing the best work they could do. Right, like, exactly. All like they're, and they're all hitting it once. Like um, Danny Elfman's score in this movie is phenomenal and he had like he had scored the forbidden zone which is which is a movie i love but which is a very sort of tiny weird cult movie this is the first kind of studio movie he ever scored right and his score is amazing in this i i had the soundtrack and would often listen to it as a kid because i just it sounds like the kind of adventure you're getting into when you're in the woods you know eating candy and riding your bmx bike like it, it's that that's the sound like it even more so like I'm, i always imagine imagine the the soundtrack to peewee's big adventure overlaid over the bike chase scene in et <laughs> how much better it would be if it was bah, 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 bah. that would be that would be uh i mean an et is an incredibly watchable film but you add that soundtrack to it you got dynamite my friend dynamite oh, <laughs> um. yeah i um i yeah i just loved you know, one of the things that that struck me watching it this time, and I wonder about uh, the the um, 
I wonder about it is that it was it was it was at a different aspect ratio, and the my beloved scene where you can see the chain clearly coming up through a hole in the in the little compartment on the side of the bike was gone. That was an that was an error for the VHS release. Oh, for the VHS. Okay, so, so it, yeah, what we watched was the correct aspect ratio for the VHS. They had done some pan scan and. That was just an error for the pair. For the okay, you scan. know it's funny in my in my mind I almost thought that maybe I remembered seeing that on screen in the movies, but you're you're right. It was when I rented it on VHS and watched it a thousand times over a weekend that I noticed it. And I remember reading an interview with Paul Rubens where he talked about it, and they were like, "Well, it's too late now." It's also you know you can see the when the road signs in secession are driving when they're driving by the road signs when he's with the with the uh the convicted felon and you can see that the road signs are on little wheeled carts yes that is all, like that's also only in the vhs oh man that's the, to me that made that made the movie even more wonderful when i was a kid i was like this is this is art <laughs> and this was the first tim burton movie is this the first feature this is the first feature tim burton directed he had done some anim- huh. he had done animated shorts before this and i think his background in animation really helped because this is essential this is, in a lot of ways this is a live action cartoon um right and i think this is the best thing tim burton has ever done still oh yeah i absolutely i mean i think tim burton is i think tim burton makes pretty films but I, you know, sometimes they they can be a little heavy handed. I guess I guess I would say this. I, I think he I think he had a like I, I there was a time in my life where I was more down on Tim Burton. I think he had a run. Like I think Beetlejuice is a good movie. Um, yeah, I think Edward Scissorhands is Edward Scissorhands is good. Ed Wood is a great movie. Um, yes, and on, like absolutely. if someone says like Ed Wood is the best thing Tim Burton's ever done, uh, I'm not going to argue with them. I'm I'm not going to agree with them. But I think that is a very legit opinion to have. Um, yeah. You know, the second his the first Batman movie I feel like got kind of lost in the special effects, but the production design's great. Um, the second Batman movie I think is amazing. The one with Catwoman and the Penguin. I haven't seen that one in 30 years. I, I don't think I, I think I saw that in the theater and then never saw it again. It's really bonkers and it is worth a viewing. It's it's honestly, I think that is uh Batman Returns, I think is like Tim Burton's vertigo. It is like the most, it is the most, it's not the best Tim Burton, but it is the most Tim Burton. It's sort of like the, between the production design and like how it's sympathy with outsiders. Like it has all of his pet themes really rolled into one. Um, And a fun little side note is that uh, the woman who plays Simone in Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Paul Rubens play the Penguin's parents. That is true. In that film, yes, I thought that was that was interesting. I, I I saw like a meme of that the other day. Somebody had a screenshot of the moment. I was like, oh, and she and she is also in Pee Wee's uh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Yeah. So full circle, full circle. There. The other thing that I noticed, t- uh, actually, just a, a maybe just ten minutes before we started uh, recording, I was thinking about stuff I wanted to say about the film, and it occurred to me. In that moment that the woman who plays the mother superior in the in the movie uh, that they're filming in Pee Wee's Big Adventure is Miss Yvonne. Is Miss Yvonne. Yes. And I it, it's it's so it's it's so weird that I that didn't occur to me while I was watching the movie. It occurred to me four hours <laughs> later while I was like, you know, walking my dog. I was like, oh, shit, Miss Yvonne. That's that's Miss Yvonne. So it's that was... very odd that Miss Yvonne wound up playing Charlie's mother on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, too. 
Oh, that's right. Wow. Yeah. That's exactly. Wow. I had that's. I had not put that together, Kevin. Man, so many, so many layers. Um, I, so many layers. I think what makes Peavy's Big Adventure Tim Burton's best movie is the fact that Tim Burton sort of has to use his talents in service of someone else's vision. Like this, right? It's, like Tim Burton directed the movie, but it's Paul Rubin's vision. And Tim Burton, like like you said, he makes pretty movies. He's a like the shots. There are shots in this movie that I think are gorgeous, and I think. What he's doing in service to Paul Rubin's vision, I think, is um, like is amazing. I mean, this movie is miles better than Big Top Wee, and it is miles better than Big Holiday, which we'll get to. Um, so I think I, I, I don't want to downplay Burton's contributions, but I think his contributions are so strong because he's working more collaboratively. Well, right. I feel like even you could almost argue that everybody's a little reined in. You know what I mean? Like, I think that Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman writing the script together, I think, you know, without Phil Hartman, you could hear Phil Hartman's voice all over the movie. And I I don't I don't know. I wonder what the movie would have been like if only Paul Rubens had written it. It might have been a different thing entirely, but I think you're right. I think everybody kind of working in concert to make a really good movie is that you can see that all over the screen. It's working in concert and just like the level of talent involved. Like, yeah, man, yeah, what a, yeah. like Phil Hartman shows up very briefly at the end of this movie. And you like, that is maybe the only landmine in, in terms of what a fucking bummer, like the years of stuff we could have gotten out of that guy that we uh, did not. Phil, it's it's true, Kevin. I Phil Hartman, he's one of my most beloved comedic actors. I I feel like there are moments that you could you could argue are perfect moments, and in comedy, I think there's rare perfect comedy. But I think that it's possible that Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer might be the single most perfect moment in all of comedy. I I I go back and rewatch that sketch probably a couple of times a year because it's just it's so he was such a master of control you know like like where you know you got guys like loud comedians like like will ferrell or or chris farley who are funny in their own way you know i like i like a comedian who's willing to just go all in and make an asshole of themselves you know like i i that's to me there is there's a there's a benefit to that style comedy but to be a comedian like phil hartman and be in in a hundred percent control all the time if you if you look up like old appearances he was one of those guys who would make appearances on you know the on david letterman when he didn't even really have like a, a project to 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 tout, he would just, I, he would, it would be like, I have a bit and I'm going to go on Letterman. He has a bit where he does, he's got like a child's toy that just has like a set amount of like little phrases it says. And he's, he's interviewing the toy like he's a hard nosed detective trying to solve a murder. And it's, it's this hysterically funny bit that he just delivers sitting in a chair on Letterman. And, and it's, it's brilliant. You're right. Phil Hartman is, is he's one of those unit player guys that I just, you're, I, I remember hearing of his passing. I was, I was actually driving doing a, a I worked as a janitor that that's come up a few times in the podcast. There was a period when I worked as a, for a janitorial service and I heard it on like HJY. And I remember thinking, man, that is, 
the worst news ever. Well, it's because <laughs> it's one of those things where there's never like there's never been a movie where it's been like starring Phil Hartman above the title. Right, right. But anytime he showed up in anything, it was a delight. Like he was so good. Even like his line readings on The Simpsons. There's a Simpsons episode where Troy McClure is doing um like an infomercial. And at one point, someone mentions Edgar Allan Poe and the way Phil Hartman, like, stentoriously intones, one of our best writers, slays me. (laughs) Absolutely. It's it's so self-satisfied. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is this is a completely non-controversial opinion that's going to that's going to make me seem. Yeah. Or even just Troy McClure doing his list of other projects that you may have seen him in. I just I would love I'm sure there's a reel somewhere of outtakes of him saying more and more ridiculous things. And I just yeah, man. Phil Phil Hartman is is rare air. like he's 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 rarefied air. I that guy. You know, speaking of rarefied air and utility players who shown on SNL, Jan Hooks in this oh. movie, unbelievable. Maybe my maybe my favorite thing in the movie, which is like hard because so so much everything in this movie is great, but Jan Hooks' performance, which apparently she ad libbed the entire thing, like just slays me. And Pedro is working on an adobe. Can you say that with me? Adobe. Adobe. (laughs) I agree with you about that. I think that, you know, it's funny. I remember there's there's another perfect example of being right at the right exact age where I remember seeing that in the theater and being like, oh, I know who this person is. Like, you know, that, that, you know, you get to a certain age where you start to recognize other actors. And I was like, oh, I've seen her on Saturday Night Live. I also happen to think that the whole, the entire cast in the scene at the Alamo where they're taking the tour are doing some unbelievably fantastic work. The guy in the cowboy hat, when she says, well, Buenos Dias, and everybody repeats Buenos Dias, the guy, I believe he's on the right, the tall guy in the cowboy hat is doing some of the best background character acting i've it's it's not too loud it's he doesn't steal away from the scene but the the idea i love this scene like that where everyone is on the same page like no one besides peewee is rolling their eyes with at the at the the sort of the cheesy presentation of the alamo everyone else is a hundred percent on board Tortilla, like I just said, is just yeah, and Peewee's just Peewee's just right. He just wants to get to the basement. <laughs> and when she says there are one thousand different ways to prepare corn, and I will now list them all. <laughs> and then when he tells Simone that there's no basement at the Alamo, and she, she's like, "Oh man, they they don't teach you that in school." He's like, "Yeah, it's something you just have to experience on your own." <laughs> or I, again, like, you know. I don't mean to do a thing where we're doing just a line by line reading of the movie, but I just, you know, the idea that he, in order to prove that he's in Texas, just sings the first line of deep in the heart of Texas and everyone claps their hands. And that's just, to me as a kid, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm witnessing pure genius, <laughs> you know, like a, like di- uncut diamond level genius right here. It's so perfect. 
I am fully on board with this. Yeah. Yeah. I, and there's so many great little moments, these little background actor moments, like when he starts the motorcycle at the motorcycle gang, after he makes friends with them, he, he, he starts the motorcycle in one kick. And one of the guys in the background's reaction to the motorcycle starting, is just kills me. It's, he's so excited and happy for Pee Wee that he like leans back and he's like, hey, and I just, that is fantastic. Uh, did you know, Kevin, that I've visited a few of the uh, location sites for Pee-wee's Big Adventure now that I've moved to the West Coast? The Warner Brothers studio lot? I've, I've visited the Warner Brothers studio lot. I've visited the actual house, which which uh, sits not more than a mile away from my apartment in beautiful Pasadena, California. And I've also visited the giant weird dinosaur sculptures uh, where he meets Simone. They're, uh, it's a weird creationist dinosaur museum uh, on the highway on the way to uh to uh palm springs and we stop by i'm going to share all these photos on the uh on the feed when we post this on facebook because i was very excited to visit all those locations look daddy i like you like i like you that's the thing i like you too daddy there's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about daddy things you wouldn't understand things you couldn't understand things you shouldn't understand I don't understand. You don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. I'm a loner, daddy. A rebel. It has a tiny bit of skateboard. <laughs> I, I, you know, well, and again, you pointed out, so there is the bare minimum of the kid when, you know, when Pee Wee is, it, it's when he's, is he going back into, to going back to, into the bike shop after his bike was stolen, a kid rides by on a skateboard, but you pointed out, I had forgotten entirely about the two, uh, you know, beach blanket bingo surfer characters being dragged behind the boat in the fantastic chase scene all around the, uh, Warner brothers studio lot. Um, yes, there's a, the, you know, the boats, uh, on wheels and motorized. And when that pulls away during the chaos, you can see the water skiers behind the boat are on skateboards as well. So I was very excited. Yeah, it's it's it 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 brought up the skate quote quota almost 300% at that point. It was like three solid shots of people on skateboards there. So um I also I also had the uh the strange moment during that chase scene uh where when Pee-wee's um swinging on the vine doing the Tarzan yell and I was like howling with laughter and Emily my wife um, had gone into the other room for something and she was like, what happened? What was so funny? And I said, oh, Pee Wee was swinging on a vine like Tarzan. And my daughter, who is eight, said, who's Tarzan? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. That's 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 a that's a, a cultural touchstone that hasn't uh, that hasn't made it into her into her realm yet. I want to talk about the the character of Pee Wee himself, too. Sure. Because I think Ruben, Paul Rubin said something at one point like, you know, it doesn't matter if you think Pee-wee's a kid or if you think he's a grown-up who thinks he's a kid or, like, he's just sort of, like, he's what you want him to be, which I right. which I find interesting. And I also find interesting, like, I feel like Pee-wee's Big Adventure in the late 80s came out during this weird time uh, in the second, like, especially, like, Reagan's second term. It seemed like a lot of uh, the avant-garde was kind of seeping into the mainstream. And I think... I think the Pee Wee Herman stuff with like production design by Gary Panter, the alternative comic book artist, like really fits into that. You had like John Waters doing a big mainstream comedy with Hairspray. Right, right. Um, David Lynch suddenly breaks through with Blue Velvet and Twin Peaks. 
even in music like REM or suddenly suddenly like in the top 40 um and I just I just find that time really interesting maybe it's I find it interesting because that's when it sort of corresponds when I personally was becoming aware of art but I do think it's a shift from like the earlier part of the 80s um and uh it's interesting to me like how I feel like the Pee Wee character is is fairly queer coded, but not like explicitly so. I think it gets more explicit in things like the Amazing Christmas Special, which I watch every year, and, and honestly, in Big Holiday too. Yeah, well, it's it's a little, it's like not completely, Im, Im, it's implied, but it's just implied a lot more heavily in Big Holiday. Come on, Daddy, let's go. Let's go. Don't you want to see the rest of the movie? I don't have to see it, Daddy. I lived it. Uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Yeah. Look, it's not terrible. No. I was excited. You know, it's nice to see Pee-wee back. Yeah. Um, You know, this one is written by Paul Rubens and Paul Rust. And uh, Paul Rust, I think, is most well-known as, uh, at least to me, he did that Netflix show Love. Right. That's Paul with uh, with Jillian Jacobs. Yeah. Yes, which I liked. It's good. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever, it's unfair to compare anyone to Phil Hartman. Sure. Yeah. How are you going to? So, you know, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, I was very, very pleased that it got made and I watched it immediately when it came out. And I was, I would say that I was more than pleasantly surprised by it. I thought it was, I didn't, I went in with, I, you know, I went in with just, reasonable expectations of it being kind of a eh, all right and i i thought it was better than that i thought it was a lot of fun i thought everyone seemed that they were having an incredibly good time especially the three uh criminal women that he that he uh falls in into uh into league with yes who looks straight out of russ meyer's faster pussycat kill 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 they made an entire meal out of those out of those uh out of those characters i re- and i i remember feeling, you know the movie ending and thinking like wow i i feel like that couldn't have really gone any better when i rewatched it i i still certainly had an affection for it but i thought it was you know again how is it, how is it fair to even compare it to the greatest motion picture of all time <laughs> it's and uh you know, when when they made this, I think Paul Rubens was around sixty years old. So yes. there, there's some there's a lot of digital de aging effects to make Pee Wee look younger, but it has that kind of same effect um, as the the. It made me think of the Irishman, the Martin Scorsese movie for Netflix, where like eighty year old Robert De Niro is playing is the thirty five ver- year old version of himself. He's still kind of like he's still kind of moving, like you can tell he's not. Right. Well, that's that's the thing. You can you can de-age the face all you want, but it doesn't it doesn't mean there's not going to be a little bit of a stiff movement in the uh, in the in the proceedings. Different house, not the same house. It's, uh, it's uh, obvious. Like we, every single Pee Wee movie, I think, has its own separate continuity. Like the Pee Wee in Big Top Pee Wee is not the Pee Wee in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Like clearly, because he talks about how he's never left town. Right. Like this is a different. This is the same character, but re- like a like a cartoon, like how at the beginning of every Bugs Bunny cartoon, there's not the continuity for every other Bugs Bunny cartoon. He's always meeting Elmer Fudd for the first time. Right, right. Sometimes he's living in the city. Sometimes he's living in the woods. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes Yosemite Sam is a 
buccaneer from the 18th century, and sometimes <laughs> he's a traveling carnival barker. It's but. What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? What do you think? Like, it's interesting. Uh, like, Joe Manganiello plays himself in this movie as Hollywood star Joe Manganiello, who's someone I'm like generally in favor of, mostly because. That dude is out there stumping for Dungeons and Dragons more than anyone else in the world. I feel like that that guy loves Dungeons and Dragons more even than is I that love. even possible? <laughs> and I love Dun and and I love Dungeons and Dragons a lot. So I I'm in favor of him anyway. I think he's fine in this movie. Like he does he does what he needs to. He kind of he plays off uh he plays off Pee Wee pretty well. I, yeah. I- I thought he was, I thought he, it's, I, I'm a big fan of when you can tell that an actor is having a good time. And I could, you could see that in him in this movie. He's like, all right, I know why I'm here. I think, I think maybe what I didn't like about it was how passive Pee Wee was at the end. Yes. Like at, you know, at the end of Big Adventure, he's basically like, he's rescuing that bicycle. He's rescuing those pet animals from the pet store. Like he's making active choices. And I felt like in this one, like he's trying, he's going to the party, but he also like falls down a well and it's up to Joe Manganiello to get him out. Yeah. He's not, Pee Wee is maybe not the hero of this story. Pee Wee, Warner Brothers thinks your story would make a fantastic movie. My story? A movie? But one of the things I like about Pee Wee's Big Adventure is that it does not feel the need to give Dewey like, well, he's going to grow up to face the world arc. Like Pee Wee is essentially unchanged at the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, except right. he's like a little nicer to Dottie. He's a little nicer to Dottie. Well, that, I think maybe that was the thing you know, that stuck out to me in this one is that that they even felt the need to give Pee Wee a job. Like Pee Wee doesn't have a job. He's just Pee Wee. He just, he just lives in that weird house and goes and rides his bike around. And like, why does, does Pee Wee need to have a job? If Pee Wee has to have a job, that means we all have to have a job, and that sucks. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Our website is gleamingthetube.net. We're on Facebook at GleamingTheTube, and our email is gleamingpod at gmail.com. Production assistance by Liam Gray. Music by Kissing Contest. Skateboarding is not a crime. You know, they, they, it's funny in a lot of those Looney Tunes cartoons, they do allude to the fact that that they are actors playing characters. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a, often an occasion where where Bugs Bunny will walk off set <laughs> and like oh, put man, out a robe and eat a carrot and be like, ah, another day, another carrot. So, well, I mean, so, Duck Amok, which is as good as Pee Wee's Big Adventure, is like Duck Amok is one of the greatest cartoons ever made. I think. Is entirely about that, where yeah. Daffy Duck is just screaming at the animator. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, they, he erases him. That's that gag. Are you kidding me? I love stuff. I, I you know. Have, I you, remember... have you watched? Have you watched Duck Amuck recently? Oh yeah, it's I will like not seven, recently. It's, se- it's seven minutes long. Just like call it up. It is flawless. I certainly remember it, but now I I definitely want to go back and watch it. I remember that was a big thing with uh with Tex Avery too. Like a, a lot of the gags were in service of like I'm gonna erase this character's feet so he can't run away, or you know I'm gonna draw a mustache on a poster and then the poster will pu- be pulled down, but the mustache is still like hanging in midair or whatever, whatever that is. I'm huge. I'm hugely into fourth wall breaking. Anyway, oh, I loved it in Bloom County when they talked about. 
being characters in a comic strip. I loved it in Moonlighting with David Addison would talk about how they were on a TV show. And speaking of Bloom County, um, I was very excited when Pee Wee made the corduroy pillow joke, I think on the skateboard. <laughs> yes. Which is, uh, which, yeah, that is that is from Bloom County. That is correct. Who is it? Does Bakley wakes up his father in the middle yes. of the night. He's like, Dad, Dad, have you heard about those new corduroy pillows? They're making headlines. <laughs> and then his father puts his head in his hands in a very Burke-breathed uh, uh, way. How great has it been to watch Burke-breathed, Burke like, occasionally put out a new Bloom County cartoon? I love that he just does it when he feels like yeah. it. Yeah, or he'll he post like, an old one with some commentary. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. been like because I guess around 2015, 2016, he just out of nowhere started doing new ones. Yeah. And, and, he, ju- and ju- just decided went, I felt like he was for the first for like a few years, he was like doing like four strips a week or something, and that's right. kind of tapered off. But he'll still do some once in a while. Yeah. I also like that he'll just like I own a print now of a it was it's like a it's like a photocopy original that he hand signed and drew a little uh, opus on. Uh, you know, he was he was selling them on on Instagram, and Megan found it and got it for me. And uh, you know which you know which cartoon I own a print of? Which one? Uh, um, Pear pimples for hairy fishnuts. You know, I you're going to find this shocking. Uh, have almost the exact same thing. It's a different oh, really? strip, but Emily uh, bought me. Uh, a signed Burke Breathed, a print with like a full opus drawing on it. By where, where which, uh, which, which strip did you get? I got one of the uh, Starship Enter Poop. Oh, that's, yes, that's that's <laughs> with that's perfect. John. Do you, do you, Kevin? Do you have a favorite uh, Bloom County cartoon? Like a, a favorite Bloom County strip? Yes. Oh man, that is tough. Um, I really love. One where, you know, it's it's sentimental, but I love the one where all of the Bloom County characters pretend like pretend that uh, Opus's mom had sent him a Christmas present. Oh, yes. It's a big gaudy space helmet. Um, And Opus says, like, I have the best friends in uh, the known galaxy. And I know that's not it's not like Bloom County is usually funny, but that one's kind of touching. And Bloom County was not all did not always go. For the heartstrings, I think that made that one stand out to me more. But that is maybe my favorite Bloom County one. And the other one is um, where Binkley feels like he needs to tell everyone the truth. Yes, yes. I'm sorry, Night Rider is actually a kid's show. Can't be! My favorite one. The truth is that the monkeys did not often play their own instruments. No! No! I would have said for a long time my favorite one was Pear Pimples for Harry Fishnuts. But recently, a couple of years ago, I got all those anthologized, like the full volumes with all the the cartoons that hadn't been printed in in 20 years or whatever which is also fun those books are also annotated by burke mm-hmm. and they, so there's all these little nuggets of information and i stumbled across the one where opus is just uh flabbergasted at the at the high price of banana walrus wafers at the movies <laughs> and he says 79 cents for banana walrus wafers i won't pay it and then the woman says wait a minute there's no such thing as banana and banana walrus wafers and he says well there should be and that one kills me every time i see it i'm also really into he only appears in two or three strips but there's a character named lh putgrass yes yes the, is he the is he the 
That's not the the politician. He's the guy who writes the angry letters, right? Alex <laughs> yes. Grassley writes angry letters. <laughs> yes, I learned the, the the meaning of the word verbatim because of of one of the one of the strips featuring that guy. <laughs> oh. Well, anyway, it's all there in the letter verbatim. More, more skin on HBO. <laughs> Shoot the politicians. LH Putgrass is off to the tub. The guy <laughs> hugely into that character. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. I agree, Kevin. Yeah. So yeah. Usually second- when we go off on a tangent that deep, I edit it out, but that's staying in. 